Jordan Love had 56 passing yards in the first half of last night's game. He had 50 against the Lions in the first half. In their last three games, the Packers have scored six points total in the first half. What is the common theme in the Packers' first half struggles? We'll dip into that coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Gary and Greg with you. It is a Pottawatomie Sportsbook Football Monday on a Tuesday, 6.30-ish. That means we're joined by Jason Wildey. Wildey and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. He's had a chance to separate himself from the game and dive back in as Matt LaFleur met with the media a little earlier this afternoon. Hello, Wildey. Are you guys saving me some of that bread pudding? Uh, You're not going to be able to wrestle it out of Gary's hands. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. I invite you to try. I mean, it's like a doorstop, Wildy. It's like heavy and dense. I mean, it's it's all sorts of good. Jason, it takes like me it, five days. It takes me five days to eat this bread pudding. That's how good it is. Well, that's because you're good at uh, portion control. Uh, you've you, you've obviously met me in person many times. Clearly, I'm not. So uh, I could probably polish it off in one sitting. Hey, can you help me out here? Because I feel like I'm being an angry black man here, okay? Now, here... <laughs> Here, here's the deal. I, I, I am, I'm truly upset, and I don't know if I'm upset with Packer fans or what. Everybody wants Matt Lafleur fired. They, they want to know what the game plan is. They want to know what's the end game. They, 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 I mean, it, it just feels like Jason. And I heard you and Mark on this morning. I thought it was a great show because I'm kind of where you are. I think it's a, it's a learning process. It is a growing process, and how do you do this is by making mistakes. A lot of people talked about Romeo Dobbs. No one knew where he was in this game, and and I'm saying that it's a process. Romeo Dobbs has been the leading receiver. They know he's a threat. They're going to go in. We're taking Romeo Dobbs away from them, and so now Romeo Dobbs got to figure out what else I need to do to get better and how to combat that, and and I also feel like that really Matt LaFleur don't really know his players on what they can or can't do. I think he has to go back and start teaching some of the fundamental and small things and nuances of the game where he thought that he didn't have to teach. Had he had a veteran team, he wouldn't have to go back and do this. I think a lot of things that he is doing now he took for granted three years ago that now he has to go back and teach. Help me out, please. No doubt. No, you're, you're, you don't need my help. Uh, but I can tell you this, that's precisely the conversation that I had with Matt LaFleur during his press conference today. He, at one point he said, you know, we got to teach these guys uh, where to put their eyes and their fundamentals of catching the football or blocking. And, and I, I came back to him and I said, Matt, that, you're talking about where these guys need to put their eyes. Like, you don't have to do that with veteran players. So I understand, and, and this is not beneficial to him. It's not beneficial to trying to explain yourself to the fan base. First of all, in fairness to the fan base, you know, I, I, it's not my job to tell people how to behave, and I'm not going to. <laughs> I would just gently remind them that part of the problem for them is they don't know how to handle this either. Yeah. Like, there, were, there was 13 when Rodgers broke his collarbone. There were 17 when Rodgers broke his collarbone. There was last year when people forget Aaron Rodgers played with a broken thumb. I don't care how much of a knucklehead he might be on uh, Pat McAfee. He, he, the, the previous quarterback was celebrated for playing with a broken thumb, and we just there's so many people that just say, well, Rodgers sucked last year. Whatever. But the bottom line is they had veteran players 
that you did not have to teach these simple aspects. If you were watching the game, and I know you guys were last night, there was the play on third down where uh, Luke Musgrave comes to the sideline, and you see Matt LaFleur getting after him. Well, that's because he completely botched his route, and the ball would have gone right where he was supposed to be, and they would have gotten a first round, first, first down. And, and, and that is the reality of an extremely talented young player who doesn't know what the hell he's doing at the NFL level yet. And that's not a criticism of him. The guy played two games of college football last year. Two. And so this, these are the things that happen with a young football team. And I know they're not fun for fans. I can guarantee you they're not fun for Matt LaFleur. He is not enjoying himself. No. But he did not become a complete idiot overnight. Now, did having Aaron Rodgers maybe make him look smarter than he actually was? Yeah, I'll agree with that argument. I don't have a problem with people saying that. But the idea that, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't have a game plan, he had a long answer today about what the idea of an identity is and whether they have one, which they don't. They don't. Their identity is they're young and they got a bunch of guys that don't know what they're doing. And right now that's not fun to watch, but they have to get through this period. And I, and I would argue that the success they had, they're victims of their own, and Jordan Love especially, are victims of their own success. Their, their performance in those first two games, one of which they won and the other that they blew a 12-point fourth quarter lead and lost, you know, that, that, was, that got people really excited. And I think it was a bit of an aberration because the Bears are terrible and the Falcons ain't much better. And the Packers ain't much better either, but it, it elevated these outside expectations. And now when they play poorly, and there's no doubt they played poorly and Jordan played poorly, but now we're not, we didn't brace ourselves for this because we kind of got ahead of ourselves. And so I just think that it's totally natural for fans. I'm not criticizing them, but I think they need to remember what Matt LaFleur is working with, both at quarterback and literally at every pass-catching position. Like, I did a story about how all these young guys are watching film of Devontae Adams to get better, and it's important to underscore that none of them have ever played with him. And there's, all, there's six of them, and he's only been gone since March 17, 2022, and none of the guys on the roster ever played with him. It's not like, you know, he never, they never played with Don Hudson. Or they never played right. with, you know, Jordy Nelson. They never played with a guy who has been with the Las Vegas Raiders for one season and five games. And that tells you everything you need to know about how young they are. Well, and, and they're, not, they're not built, Jason, to absorb the loss of the things they do best. And we've asked you this before. What is it the Packers do best? At the start of the year, they got a strong offensive line. And they still have Aaron Jones, who is probably the top name on every team's scouting report. Well, mm-hmm. remove David Bottiari, remove Elton Jenkins for three of the five games played, remove Aaron Jones from all but one game, a game the Packers dominated, and, and it seems like Matt's got some darts, and he's like, let's be smash-mouth run this half, let's be deep ball this half. And, like, he just sort of can't find what to hang their hats on because the identity has been altered. Yeah, Greg, you're exactly right. And and Aaron, you don't want to sit here and say, well, 
if they just had Aaron Jones. But do we really think that they lose the game despite their foibles? Do they lose their ga- the game last night if Aaron Jones plays? I don't think they do. I don't. Do I think they lose to Atlanta? I don't. I think that's how much of it is. I mean, they could be very well sitting here uh, at 4-1 and one if they had Aaron Jones. Now, again, Fleur said today, I don't like to play that game, and he can't play that game. But I can, because I'm not the coach, and it doesn't sound like excuses to me. I think that's how much Aaron Jones tilts the field, especially on a team filled with guys that aren't nearly as experienced as him. So, you're right. Not we, we, we talked about it leading into the season ad nauseum. Strong veteran offensive line. Not perfect by any means. Questions about the right tackle, questions about the center, that sort of stuff. But strong offensive line, strong running game. And they have had to play largely without both so far this season. Now, here's where it gets a little murky for me now. Because I think as these guys are learning and making mistakes, I think somewhere down the line, yes, they be, they have to be held accountable. But then sure. off of this, the growth has to come somewhere in this season where you can say, okay, that guy learned from that. That we, we may not never know that. We may not never see that. But it may come in wins is how you quantify the growth within some of these players. No doubt. And, and yes, that growth has to occur this season. I agree. But we're five games in. And as Matt LaFleur pointed out with this early bye, they have a 12-game season ahead of them. 12 straight weeks. They're going to have the short week for Thanksgiving and then obviously have a mini-bye after that game. But this is, this is the exact opposite of what they wanted. Last year, remember, they were supposed to have a bye after week five after they went to London, and they chose not to take it, hoping it would come a little later, not as late as it ended up coming, which did them no favors. But, yeah, that improvement has to happen. But it didn't didn't necessarily have to happen last night. I do want to see what they do against Denver, who is also terrible. Like, I, I would hope... I would hope that those lessons come to fruition to some degree, not completely, and they go out there and beat them 42 to 10, but you would hope that some of those lessons, the best line that I have heard from a coach, and I totally feel it from my, when I coach the girls' teams, Adam Stenovich, make new mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. Just don't make the same ones over and over again. Make new ones. Correct. And I just love that because that's exactly what this team should be aiming for. Try to limit your repeat mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Make them new ones that you can learn from and then not make them again. Jason, did Joe Barry's defense have a day, or was it more a product of facing a team that has yet to score more than 20 points? Yes. I mean, look, they they obviously (laughs) benefited from – look, I think Josh McDaniels is an incredibly poor – Xerox of the Belichick. <laughs> like, he's, he's like, you're out of toner, and it looks nothing like the Bill Belichick playbook. So I just don't think he's very I – I still have no idea why they kicked that field goal. I'm nothing against Daniel Carlson. I know he's good. But even before he dinked the ball off the, goal, off the upright, that only gets you to a seven-point lead. Like, the Packers are going for a touchdown regardless. 
you, you should have gone for it on fourth and two. That was just dumb. But I, I don't think that that's a very good team. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he seems to beat the Packers every time he plays them, uh, is is very good. Uh, I don't think that they were so brilliant against Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams and Jimmy Garoppolo are nowhere near on the same page. Uh, I just think that, you know, there were some times where Josh Jacobs got things going. But, look, they did play well. They they stopped the run better than I expected. They sniffed out every fake or every trick play that the Raiders tried to run. And they did limit Devontae Adams, whether or not they got some help from Jimmy G., and Josh McDaniels, yeah, they did in limiting Devontae, but they still managed to hold him to four catches. So uh, I did think it was a good a good step for that group. I would think that they would take another good step against a Denver team that appears to be selling off most of its assets. Um, but they, they, I still am not a Joe Barry believer. Uh, I, I just think that his group had uh, a good night where they could feel good about themselves even though they lost. Listen. Don't minimize it, Jason. I mean, I mean, we minimize it by it was a bad Raiders team. Uh, Josh McDaniels is not a good coach. It's a bad old, Those guys still got to go out there and play, too. I, I think you got to give yeah. Joe Barry the flowers that he deserved if they actually played well. Yes, game within the game. If you want to say, well, why is Preston Smith out here guarding Devontae Adams? Why are the DBs? Why are the DBs in the end zone when you know they're on a ten yard line? I mean, those are some of the things within the game. Yeah, I think you can question, but I still think overall, if you're going to be critical of Joe Barry at times when he deserves to be, I also think that those guys get paid too, the other team, and then you have to give Joe Barry the flowers when they actually perform well. I, I thought Preston Smith, he's going to be my stud, by the way, this week. I thought Preston Smith probably played the best game this year uh, for the Packers. Yeah, and, and look, I'll, I'll say this too, Gary, to your point. Like, you know, the play that Devontae catches the slant on near the goal line and then they go in and score, I think Jacobs maybe scores on the first play of the, of the fourth quarter. Like, from a purely schematic, drawn-up standpoint, that was perfectly designed, right? Correct, you got, yes. Uh, Rasul Douglas dropping off of Adams. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon is supposed to take a hard angle, and he could have a pick six there, frankly. Correct. And instead, he comes off too flat. Devontae gets in front of him, makes the catch, picks up the first down, and then Jacob scores on the next play to start the fourth quarter. Like that? That ain't Joe Barry's fault, right? And, yes. He deserves. He did not beat Ashwaubenon on high school last night, but <laughs> uh, I do think that yes. Well, and that would have been. They're they're much tougher this season. But I just I don't. I I the the Raiders are not a. Uh, you can get an A on that quiz. It's an easier quiz than some of the other quizzes they have faced or that they will face. And I want to see how he grades out. Because at the end of the year, we're going to see what his report card is, and then he's either going to get flunked and he's going to end up out of a job, or he's going to get a passing grade and continue in his role. Really interesting stuff as always. Jason Wildy, Wildy and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. Wildy, much appreciated. we got a spot we'll, uh, for him, right, Greg? Uh, well, we do, but we have no show next week. So to make sure you don't make the drive down here on Monday. Yeah. We also get a buy, but we can send you up some of this uh, – Bread pudding kaboom or whatever it's called on the menu. It's pretty impressive. Kaboom.
All right. Well, I will. Uh, I will look forward to that delivery. Uh, I'm sure Gary will just come up and hand deliver it or whatever he has left <laughs> after like four days. And yeah. uh, I will make it down Monday. Ballet practices. I will make it down eventually. I promise. So thanks, guys. Take care. Be good. All right, see you, pal. Jason Wildey joining us here on the program. Coming up on the other side, our best electric electrifying play of the game. One stands out to me, Okay. but it was the end result of that play that may have proven to be the play of the game. We'll tell you about it after this.